1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Welcome to Dear Prudence. I'm your prudence, Janae Desmond-Harris. Today, I'll be answering letters about friends who make bad choices. That's a common one. A groom-to-be who's being really snobby about wedding planning. And a 70-year-old father who might be cheating using dating apps and also getting scammed. Here to help me out today is Adrienne Gammy Banfield-Norris. She is the co-host of the award-winning show Red Table Talk and the host of iHeartRadio's Positively Gam. Welcome to the show, Gammy. We're so excited to have you here.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Janae. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun.
2: So before I get started, I did want to ask you, do you have one piece of advice, unsolicited advice, that you just think is important for the average person to know?
3: Yeah, you know, the world right now is just so crazy, right? And there's so much negativity in the world. I try to just wake up with gratitude. And I mean, I talk about that all the time. I would mm-hmm. just talk about gratitude on Red Table Talk, on my podcast. You know, that is my thing. I live in a space of gratitude because I've been through my own challenges. And I just think that with everything that's going on in the world, it's easy to kind of get to fall into that negative space and almost into a space of hopelessness too, mm-hmm. because, you know, wow, as human beings, we are treating one another. We've stepped way back. definitely. So it can be really dark if you fall into it. So just try to live in the space of gratitude and compassion for others and try to find your own joy.
2: And it even helps when you're just in a bad mood for no reason. Actually, a couple of hours ago, I found myself just, I was just in a funk. I just wasn't in a good mood. And I actually did sit down and write down a short gratitude list Mm -hmm. just for having a job that I love, having no real big problems to worry about. Yeah. And it, uh, sounds kind of corny, but it really does change your energy a little bit. Doesn't it
3: really it? does. I have a gratitude jar in my home, so yeah, it's extremely helpful.
2: Well, thank you for that, and everyone who's listening, listen again. Me, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so the two of us will dive into your questions after a short break. The best way to learn a language: immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. I love how easy it is to use. And as a person who can be really self-conscious about making mistakes, I love that I don't have to actually talk to a real human while I'm still working on my vocabulary and my accent. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-based language-driven learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. They're delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com prudy. Get 55% off at babbel.com prudy, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash prudy rules and restrictions may apply welcome back you're listening to dear prudence and i'm here with gammy banfield norris hey gammy hey thank you again for coming to answer questions today let's dive right in with our first letter it is called end it or not
4: sandy and i have been friends since we were kids But I'm wondering if I should call it quits on the friendship. Sandy doesn't make a lot of money and bounces between couch surfing with friends, especially me, her religious nut of a mother, and the awful boyfriends she finds. The last one was physically violent towards her, so when she told me she was pregnant with this baby and was happy about it, I was floored. I asked Sandy if she had any clue what the next 18 years would be like if she tied herself to this guy like this and how she would support herself and a baby. Would she move back in with the mother that she hates? Sandy told me she would find a way and a baby would love her unconditionally. Then she made some noises about how her friends would be there to help her out. I ended up going away for the weekend and came back to find Sandy had a miscarriage. She was upset and I tried to comfort her until Sandy said she would just have to try again. We ended up having a huge fight when I told her that that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. She could barely care for herself and she wanted to bring an innocent baby into this mess deliberately. Sandy called me an unsupportive bitch and stormed out to stay at her mother's. Less than a week later, she wanted to come back to my place. Sandy pretends the fight never happened, but it's always in the back of my mind. I love Sandy, but we are only in our early 20s. I can't even keep my plants alive. I really think Sandy sees me as her solution as she goes through with her plan. Do I say anything to Sandy? My lease is up in June, and I was thinking about moving back home to work for my uncle.
2: How do you call someone an unsupportive bitch and then ask to come stay with them? Like nothing happened. Isn't that bold?
3: Listen, Sandy is a hot mess. That's what <laughs> Sandy is. Okay, she's a hot mess. She needs okay. to get her shit
2: together. Oh wow. Okay, we're gonna get right right to the truth of the
3: matter here. Say more, Gammy.
2: <laughs> Break down the hot mess idea.
3: Yeah, it's she's she's a hot mess, and I have to agree that you know. There's no way in the world. And at at this point in time, we really need to lean on Nedra Twop because it's about setting boundaries. Mm. So the letter writer Mm -hmm. needs to learn how to set boundaries for herself. I wouldn't be taking on Sandy at all. I mean, you can give people advice. But at the end of the day, they got to live their own life. And Mm -hmm. that's how she wants to live, you know, surf couching and all that nonsense. Like, (laughs) and you want to have a baby like that's It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You're killing
2: me because I had like a much softer approach to this question. So just come on this journey with me.
3: Okay. All right. Let's come on (laughs) today.
2: Just see if you relate to any of this. I was going to say to you. I think there's a really special place for female friends who you've known since childhood um, and who you grow up with and who see you through your ups and downs and your terrible decisions. And part of me wants these two people to stay connected because I think that history is so valuable. Do you relate to that at all?
3: I do. Yeah. But I also recognize, too, when people kind of outgrow one another, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to go in another direction. And if it's meant to be, it'll come back together. Like that's happened to me in my life. I've had friends that I've grown up with that I was really, really close to. Um, And, you know, we had a falling out. Mm -hmm. And I think it was maybe about 15 years where we lost contact with one another. But then we were able to come back together in a different space. Right. Right. You know what I mean? We both had time to grow and heal Mm -hmm. and be able to come back and really talk things out in a more adult fashion. So yeah, I understand that. But it sounds like the letter writer has tried to do that.
2: It does.
3: It sounds like she's tried to be supportive.
2: It does sound like she's tried to be supportive. Um, It sounds like she gave her very honest feedback on her plan to have a baby with this man
3: And in a kind way.
2: Um, Let me see. Was it in a kind way? She asked her, did she want to bring an innocent baby into this mess deliberately? I think, Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. It's direct, but it's not unkind.
3: Exactly. It's direct. And sometimes that's what you need. Like the truth hurts sometimes.
2: Yes, it does. Now, do you know what I think makes this situation sort of unique and extra sensitive? Sandy has the potential to end up with a physically abusive man. Right. Or to stay with a physically abusive man. So I'm always getting letters from people who think their friends are making bad choices, right? Especially bad dating choices. Mm -hmm. And my standard advice is don't say anything. No friend has ever talked another friend out of a bad relationship. Fact. Just they're going to abandon you instead of the man. Yeah. Um, Just be a friend so that you can be there. When things inevitably go wrong. Exactly. Um, and hopefully they'll do the same for you because you'll probably make your own bad choices because we all do. But I always say the exception is if the person is physically abusive. And we know that someone who's with an abusive man could ultimately get killed. Yeah. So I think of this anything the letter writer could do, even if it's at a moment when this friendship is ending, to try to convince Sandy to leave this man and not have a baby that will tie her to him for the rest of her life, I think she should find any angle she can to try to get that message across. Even if it means being nicer than she feels, even if it means being manipulative, I want Sandy away from this guy.
3: I would agree with that, but I still feel like people have to take their own journey. So I don't don't Mm -hmm. know how much energy I'm going to put into that.
2: Right. I think people have to take their own journey is so true
3: people have to take their own journey. And um, I would agree more that you try to be there for her,
5: Mm -hmm. you know, when
3: everything falls apart. I still don't know that you're going to be able to convince her even with the abuse part. Because I actually overlooked that, you know, when I was laughing about all the couch (laughs) surfers and stuff like that. (laughs) And I wasn't really listening to the abuse part, but that is important. But I don't know that just that is going to still change her mind.
2: You're right. It probably won't.
3: Yeah, but you're right. And that is what we probably need to focus on.
2: I think you're right, too, about the boundary. Physical abuse or not, there's no reason for Sandy to be continuing to stay at the letter writer's
3: house. Exactly. Um,
2: she's not been kind to her. Her life is kind of falling apart. She's like an unhealthy presence. The letter writer has said, I can barely keep plants alive. Right. That tells me... She's feeling really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the responsibility for this woman. So I think the boundary is you can't stay with me anymore unless you leave your abusive boyfriend, in which case you always have a place on my couch as a safe place to go.
3: I'm not going to put the unless in there. You can't stay here anymore there are other ways to be supportive mm-hmm. other than having somebody come and stay with you. I've never had anybody come and live with me like that.
2: Well, I haven't either, to be fair. I'm telling her to do something. Yeah, that that I that's
3: done. a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of encroachment on your personal space. Mm-hmm. So, no.
2: Especially if you feel you don't have it in you,
3: to Exactly. And she's talking about moving back home. Right. You know, they're in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you can't figure it out here because I'm struggling.
2: Right. So yeah, I would say that last line was kind of a throwaway, but absolutely go work for your uncle, move home, do whatever you need to do without regard for Sandy. I guess the only question the letter writer has really asked us is, do I say anything to Sandy? And I think it's worth saying something one more time because of the abuse. I think it's worth being really clear that I'm worried about you, um, yes. I'm worried about your physical safety, and I'm especially worried about you bringing a child into this world who will be right. you know, tied to this man for life.
3: You know, I think Sandy needs to get some therapy. Of
2: course, absolutely.
3: She's in such a vicious cycle of messiness mm-hmm. in her life, and I kind of need to figure out what is going on, that all of that is happening.
2: Right. Maybe the answer to what does support look like is helping her find a therapist. Yeah. I can't give you my couch, but I can give you a number for this person who takes your insurance. Yeah. Call her. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is titled, Conflicted Bride-to-Be. I
6: am recently engaged. My fiance and I both prefer to have the wedding in our respective hometowns. We aren't considering any other locations as we move frequently and will be long distance for about another year. He has hesitancy around considering my hometown as I come from an economically depressed area and he worries it is not up to the standards of his family and friends. He tries not to hurt my feelings with this opinion and has only said it when I confronted him about the hesitancy. He comes from wealth and is from a much more expensive area. I am attached to the idea of having my wedding in my hometown as I lost my mother and feel her presence would be more significant for me if I had the wedding at home. Additionally, my family does not have much money and I feared they would not make it to a wedding in his hometown due to cost. He says the wedding location is my ultimate decision, but I'm hesitating due to fear of judgment from his family and friends of where I'm from, and they're not being venues and activities up to their standards in my area. Any advice on how I decide what to do?
2: So I have to be honest here. This is not what the letter writer asked. Um, But I don't think the marriage is going to work out.
3: Listen, you and I are on the same page with that. That was my initial feeling. Like, this is so much deeper than where the wedding is going to be. Right. There's a lack of acceptance of who they are Mm -hmm. and a more concern about appearance and money and I don't know I can't really put my finger on it but I'm concerned I'm concerned that they're not on the same page yeah like I don't know
2: I think you and I agree totally I always think that wedding planning is almost like its own form of premarital therapy Mm -hmm. because there Mm -hmm. are so many opportunities to find out what the other person's values are about money about appearances about politeness about impressing people about Mm -hmm. prioritizing if you have to choose one thing over another, um, about relationships to friends and family. And I think the letter writer's fiance is telling her loud and clear here that he cares more about impressing people right. than he does about her emotional well-being.
3: Has he really accepted her? Because it almost sounds like he's not accepting of her family and like everybody doesn't come from money. right. And that seems to be like his value system.
2: He's ashamed. Yeah. Because, I mean, everyone's been to a wedding everywhere, right? Everyone's flown to a small town and stayed at whatever small hotel and gone to a wedding. It's something that happens, right? It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, And the fact that he's more worried about the amenities being up to the standards of his friends and family than his wife's relatives being able to afford to come. Exactly. And her being somewhere where she feels a connection to her mother.
3: And he's making her feel ashamed of her family. And how are they going to live a life together? Right. That's going to be really challenging. Her family's not going, what is she supposed to do? Like, forget about her family?
2: Right. And she tries to say here, you know, he tried not to hurt my feelings, kind of. He only said it when I really pushed. And I'll give him some credit for that. But the issue is the underlying feelings and values are hurtful. Um, yes. He may have tried to hide them and that's great, but you can't change like your actual beliefs, right. your actual priorities. And those are going to come out in so many different ways. Yeah. So many.
3: And I don't know if they've sought any marriage counseling or anything, but I think that it would be well worth their time Um, To do that now before they actually go through with the ceremony seriously, because this is a major issue in all relationships and definitely in marriage.
2: Right. So I always try to live in the real world. I know that she's not going to call off the wedding because dear Prudence told her to.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, No, I don't I don't want her to call off the wedding, even if she just is able to have a real serious sit down conversation with him. Mm hmm. You know, sometimes you you need that unbiased person to kind of help you or guide you through that process of being able to talk things out. But it's definitely a conversation that they really, really need to have.
2: And as far as like the concrete question about what to do, I would say um, be pretty firm on having the wedding in your hometown not just for all the practical reasons, but because you need to set a tone that you're not going to be run over and you're not going to be made to feel ashamed of who you are and where you're from. Exactly. Because if you give in on this, it's going to start a pattern of giving in throughout the relationship. Book that venue in wherever you're from.
3: Exactly. It's not
2: nice. Um, enjoy.
3: Exactly.
2: You're listening to The Dear Prudence Show. And when we come back... We'll be reading more of your letters. Stay with us.
5: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
2: Can't get enough Dear Prudence? Then you should definitely join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. You'll get to hear me answer an extra question every week just for members. With your subscription, you get ad-free listening across the Slate network and unlimited reading on the Slate site, including all Dear Prudence columns, past and present. Go to slate.com forward slash prudyplus to sign up. It's just $15 for your first three months. Again, That's slate.com forward slash prudy plus. Welcome back to Dear Prudence. I'm here with my guest, Gammy Banfield-Norris, to answer your letters. Okay, are you ready for the next one?
3: I'm ready. Ready as you'll ever (laughs) be, right?
2: (laughs) Okay, this letter is titled, Not All Four.
0: My husband and I have both been married before. He has a nine-year-old son and is close to his 12-year-old former stepson, Stephen. Stephen's dad isn't in the picture. Stephen often visits when his brother is over here. The problem is their mother remarried to a man with two sons of a similar age. They keep trying to pawn off his sons on us when Stephen visits under the guise they are all brothers. These boys are high energy, constantly bouncing off the walls, and are borderline destructive. They also claim to constantly be hungry and ate an entire week's worth of snacks in a day. I usually try to stay in my lane, but the situation is intolerable to me. My husband is afraid that his ex will not let Stephen come over if we put our foot down about the other boys. I feel she is taking advantage, and Stephen is almost a teenager. He will be able to stand up for himself. I'm tired of this. Last time these boys were here, they broke a lamp and terrorized my cats. I need some backup here. Please.
2: Okay, so hungry, eating a lot, high energy, and sometimes breaking things. I do need to know a little bit more about the terrorizing the cats, but I feel like some (laughs) cats get terrorized if you just look at them wrong. Um, It sounds to me like these are pretty normal kids, who are not doing anything horribly wrong except being three preteen boys all in one house. What do you think?
3: I agree. I actually understand that because I know someone who was in a similar situation. Um, They had a child and the child had a sister Mm -hmm. whose father was not involved with her and so every time this person went to pick up their daughter they had to take the other mm-hmm. child with him and it wasn't his natural daughter but it was her sister her half sister and um it it, w- it was fine it was fine and she ended right. up looking at this person as her dad and part of that too is like a protection for the child whose father isn't present mm-hmm. you know what i mean And so it sounds more like maybe they just need to have a little bit more control instead of some boundaries in the house. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, y'all want to be running around. You got to go outside with that. You know what I mean? And I don't know how old they are. So I just think that they're being boys. And, you know, I mean, sometimes if she really feels like she's not in the mood to have all of them, then she just has to say, you know what? Not this weekend. You know, maybe they can come next time. But this weekend, we're just going to have you come and visit. There's an easy way to handle that politely, Mm -hmm. you know. And again, it's about setting some boundaries, but they are children. And at the end of the day, the, you know, children come first.
2: That's totally reasonable. It doesn't have to be a totally black or white situation. Yeah,
3: absolutely not.
2: Do you know what else jumped out at me? Where's the husband? Right. Can he take a little more control of all these children who he kind of brought into the household? Um, can you maybe go meet a friend for a large part of the afternoon when they're there? Yeah. Can he take the boys out to do mini golf or run around
3: the park somewhere?
1: It sounds
2: like I'm getting the feeling that the letter writer is bearing the burden of being the main caretaker because she's a woman.
1: Mm. And
2: I think it makes sense to ask her husband to take a little more responsibility. You're essentially running a summer camp at this point with all these children.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. What are you doing with them? Take them to a baseball game, you know, take them to the park or whatever. Got to use up that energy and bring them back home when they're exhausted and ready to go to bed. (laughs)
2: And ready to leave the cat alone. Right. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I I get so many letters from children of blended families who just don't feel any connection to their step-siblings or half-siblings. Yeah. And I think if these kids are getting along and are feeling like family, it would be really nice to figure out a way that that could be nurtured.
3: Exactly. Exactly. That and, is a good yeah, thing.
2: I would say to the letter writer, you'd be doing this child a huge favor if you could yep. find some way to uh, for the adults to figure out how to accomplish Yeah, this.
3: to make it work.
2: This is Dear Prudence. We need to take a break, but when we come back, more letters from you and advice from us. Stay tuned. Adultish
0: is back. In this season, we're talking about standing up and learning how to take a stand for issues on the minds of young people, like book bans.
5: The book banning side, they have an incredibly well-oiled machine. Filling in food deserts.
0: We have three community colleges where
3: we either provide food boxes or an actual operating farmer's market.
0: And what's affecting young people's mental and emotional health.
5: Pressures of school, friendships, pre-romantic relationships... Pressures from family.
0: New episodes of Adultish from YR Media drop every Thursday, so subscribe wherever you're listening now.
2: I'm Janae, and you're listening to Dear Prudence. We are moving on to our final question. Are you ready? (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) I guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This letter is titled, I'm Sorry, Mom.
1: I'm a full-time single mom of two wonderful kids, 13 and 10 but needed help raising them during the pandemic due to my job. I lead a huge team of first responders. And due to my kids' needs, they both have severe ADHD and homeschooling was impossible. And just generally, I've needed help for a long time as I've been on my own with them since they were four and one. And so my parents moved to my town in 2020 to assist. The challenge is I moved out and moved across the country when I was 16 because of the toxicity of their relationship. My dad has been emotionally abusive toward my mom their entire marriage and physically abusive up until I was about seven. And as a child, he'd often weaponize me as a tool in his abuse. It was like I was his partner and was treated like a queen while he'd openly declare that my mom was a moron and degrade her terribly. While my mom was a difficult person to get along with and did seem to need a lot of help doing basic tasks, I think she also has severe ADHD. I realize now as an adult that the abuse she received clearly was compounding whatever mental health issues she already had. And what she really needed was love and support for her ADHD. Not my dad doing everything for her and then telling her how stupid she was to make matters worse My dad gets off on looking like a saint. So everyone but her is treated exceptionally well He's also tried to have at least four to five affairs and has given money to at least two young beautiful women because quote They were in such bad circumstances My mom went along with this although I imagine her blood was boiling altogether It makes me want to explode Since they've been here, things have gone way better than I expected, and I thought maybe they finally figured it out since they're almost 70. But my son informed me the other day that he saw a senior dating app on my dad's phone and that he's texting with women who are clearly not real. What do I do? On the one hand, my mom has put up with this for years, and I don't want to explode her world. On the other hand, I'm absolutely furious at his ongoing behavior. I'm also worried he's going to fall into a scam and lose all of their money to some woman in need of help which would be particularly infuriating since my mom is still working, finally making great money at age 67, while my dad is retired and sits on his butt doing nothing but scanning apps and indulging himself in his revolting, abusive, immature hero complex. Help, I'm also an only child, for what it's worth.
2: I almost want to say good for him for dating seniors instead of 20-year-olds from another country or something, but not really good for him at all. He sounds absolutely (laughs) awful.
3: Yeah, this is a really tough one. I think it makes it even harder because they are her parents.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, it's not a friend. You know, they're her parents. She's saying that they're being helpful, but I, I would be concerned about bringing that kind of toxicity around my children. I don't know how old the children are now, and I'm a little unclear on what their role is in helping Mm -hmm. her care for the children. You know, I was so
2: fixated on the dating apps and possibly getting scammed. I really overlooked that part. Yeah, And I agree that children are really perceptive. And if there are still abusive tendencies and someone's mistreating another person, I think they're going to notice. And that's going to be what part of teaches them about, you know, how to treat others and how to live. So you want to be really careful about that.
3: And then, you know, again... I keep coming back to boundaries. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I'm wondering if there's a way that she can have a conversation with her dad and just say, listen, you know, Johnny happened to be looking on your phone and he saw this app, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And number one, I, I need you to be careful with that kind of stuff because there are scammers out here. But Mm -hmm. I prefer that if that's what you're going to be doing, that you not do it here. Mm. It's disrespectful to me and it's disrespectful to my mother.
2: That's a great idea to approach him. Um, Yeah, the letter was so long.
3: Yeah. And there's a lot in there.
2: Right. There's so many layered issues and there's so much history here.
3: And it's her parents. I feel like her mother has managed this over the years. I'm not sure it's even... Appropriate or needed for her to step in and get involved in that, other than how it affects her and her children.
2: I totally agree. Yeah, I think that all the intensity is maybe making it feel more complicated and overwhelming and Mm -hmm. heavy, heavier than it needs to be. Even though it is admittedly very heavy, Um, I totally agree with you. That I think a conversation with the dad about we're aware of what you're doing, it's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I would like for you to stop would be great. Um, So I feel terribly for the mom um, who's been dealing with this man for so many years. And it's tricky because she is a victim. And at the same time, she is an adult um, who's had decades of experience with him and a lot of issues that she's decided to let slide. And she's made the choice that this is who she wants to deal with. And this is how she wants to live. I love that she's making good money. Yeah. So I wonder if it's worth just one conversation with her being like, mom, you know that you can support yourself. Have you ever thought about the possibility of a split and getting your own place? Just think about it. And I live in the world again. I know she's probably going to say no, but it's such an unusual situation for a woman this age um, who's been treated this terribly to have some financial independence that I would love for the letter writer to just give her a nudge to take advantage of it and take a step back from this man. And yeah. again, you, you don't have to talk about the apps.
3: That doesn't need to be part of the conversation. Yeah. It can just be a matter of, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Are you really happy? Right. Because making good money, you know, it, good. What does good mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that she's, it's good enough for her to leave. Right. And good enough for her to be able to live on her own, Mm -hmm. you know, and it all depends on what people's standards are and and how they want to live and what the expectation is. But would she be open to having her mother come live with her? Right. Maybe that would be helpful. Right. I don't know. There's, you know, there's so much that we don't know, but I, I definitely don't think that she needs to talk about the dating app and all of that.
2: I agree. Yeah. Maybe this revelation about the dating app could just be the motivation for a conversation. A that,
3: conversation um,
2: that has needed to take place for a long time.
3: Right. You know, and now she's in the position to, to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And again,
2: therapy for everyone. Yeah. Double therapy for everyone in this letter. Okay. On that heavy note, that is it for this week. I really hope we were helpful. Gammy, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: (laughs) I really appreciate all your wisdom and sense of humor.
3: This was not easy, I tell you. I know. Just sitting around giving advice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We'll come back
2: anytime, okay?
3: Yeah, thank you. And the word of the day? Boundaries. (laughs) Second
2: word of the day? Therapy. Those are actually the words of every day. (laughs) Every day. Listen and subscribe to Gammy's podcast, Positively Gam, which features raw, in-depth conversations between Gammy and her guests. Topics range from lifestyle, culture, entertainment, to the joys of getting older, proving that you can still have an active life as you age. Do you need help getting along with partners, relatives, coworkers, or people in general? Write to me. Go to slate.com forward slash prudy. That's slate.com forward slash P-R-U-D-I-E. The Dear Prudence column publishes every Thursday.
3: And if you'd like to hear your question answered on the podcast, we're looking for letter writers who would be comfortable recording their questions for the show. You can stay anonymous.
2: Dear Prudence is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks with a special thanks to Brandon Nix. Editorial help from Paola de Verona. Daisy Rosario is senior supervising producer... And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. I'm your dear Prudence, Janae Desmond-Harris. Until next time.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.